The Freedom Girls Sisterhood starts right now. Good evening, sisters. This is Dawn Scott Damon. I am your Freedom Coach, and I'm happy to be with you again tonight. You know, I love doing this. In fact, I love encouraging you and coming to you wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in your day, just to give you a positive note of encouragement to say, you are God's chosen daughter. He loves you. He's got amazing things for you. Never give up. Never quit. God has your yes on the way. But you know, sometimes as we're waiting for God to do what he's going to do, we get discouraged. And in fact, sometimes we even get angry. I recently preached a message at Tribes Church where we talked about the discouragement. We talked about being disillusioned and angry at God because of unmet expectations. I bet we can all relate to that. Well, Jonah was a guy in the Bible who just wanted God to do what he wanted God to do the way and the timing that he wanted God to do it you know what? God wasn't having any of that. He said, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And you need to be okay with that. And this is a good message for us too, because sometimes we just need to be okay with the way, not sometimes, you know what? All the time we need to be okay with the way God is doing stuff and to just trust him and lean on him. Now that doesn't mean we can't talk to God and pray and try to understand his heart. But at the end of the day, God's word says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. They're higher than yours. So let's trust that higher wisdom. Let's trust God. He knows what he's doing. So I want you to join me in a message I recently preached called, Doest Thou Well to Be Angry. Have you ever just wondered about God's ways and, and sometimes you're just tempted to say, you know, I don't get you, God. I don't like this. I don't like this place that I'm in. I don't like this, this assignment that you've asked me. I don't like this walk that you've put me on. I don't want to go through this. And you know why? Oftentimes it's because, you know, it is God's mercy and God's love that he's about to show to somebody else like this. Jonah didn't want God's love to come to those people. He didn't like those people. And I'm, I love the fact that when I find myself in a place where I have disobeyed God and, and I've blown it and I've gone wayward and I knew the Lord wanted me to do something and maybe I, I didn't do it. I'm so comforted by the fact that I can run to Jesus and find his mercy. I know I'm going to fall into the hands of a loving God, slow to anger, abounding in love, long-suffering, patient, good, and kind. I love knowing that I have that relationship with God and that I can come back to him and say, you know, thank you, Jesus. I'm the prodigal. Here I am. I admit it. Thank you for your love. But I also want to think that God, I'm going to receive his mercy, but the other person... The person that hurt me, I want them to receive his justice. Oh, okay, this side doesn't know what I'm talking about. Let me go over here. The person that hurt me, I want them to receive his justice. You know, God says, pray for your enemies. I don't want to pray for my enemies. Do you want to pray for your enemies? Oh, Lord, bless 
bless that person that just tore my heart out. No, I'd rather pray the prayers like David, the, the precatory prayers of the psalm. I'd rather say, smite them, crush their teeth, let them melt like wax. You just grind them to dust, God, just get them. I, I want to pray those kind of prayers, and I want God to answer them. Here's the problem. <laughs> uh-huh, okay, now we're going to get real. Now you're going to get real with me, okay. Here's the problem, is that if God answered those prayers for me, then he might have to pray, answer those prayers for the other person, because to somebody else, I might be the enemy. Because oftentimes, when we're upset with someone, it could even be another believer. We all think we're right. We don't want to be Jonah. We don't want to go to that person and say, God loves you. I have a message. Let's get this right. No. I want the mercy. I want you to get your just reward. I want you to get God's wrath. We don't always want to be the carriers. So Jonah's got this call of God. He is the dove. He is one who knows the Holy Spirit. He is used to the anointing and the presence of God resting on him. He's used to speaking for the Lord, the word of the Lord coming out of his mouth and people repenting. And now he's got this assignment and he doesn't want to do it. He does not want to obey God and he's angry with God. Now, you might be sitting here this morning and you're saying, well, I'm not angry with God. You know, I'm not. I'm not angry with God, but I'm just a little disappointed. I'm just a little disappointed with God. I I, I, I just don't understand him, and and he he didn't answer my prayer. Philip Yancey, in his book, Disappointment with God, says this. Petty disappointments tend to accumulate over time, undermining my faith. Undermining my faith with a lava flow of doubt. I start to wonder whether God cares about the everyday details about me. And I am tempted to pray less often, having concluded in advance that it really won't matter. Disappointment with God. Further down, he says, first comes disappointment, and then a seed of doubt, and then a response of anger, betrayal. And we begin then to question God, whether God is trustworthy, whether we can really stake our lives on him. This morning, I want to address those three things, disappointment, doubt, and bitterness. Because I believe that there's a time in each and every one of our lives where we're going to experience or have experienced a moment where we are tempted to be disappointed with God, doubt God, and even struggle with bitterness toward God or toward Christianity or toward another believer. So let's look at that. Disappointment. How do you deal with disappointment? Disappointment comes from unmet expectations. Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, you have unmet expectations. Okay, and yeah, if you're sitting next to your spouse, they're going, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) 
Tell me something I didn't know. This unmet expectation, it, it leads us to ask this question, or it leads us to make this assumption, God, you are not fair. You're not fair. Why did you do for them, but you won't do for me? You're not fair. I expected that you would answer my prayer. I, I expected that I would receive that healing by now. I expected that my marriage would be restored. I expected that this new relationship would be great and that everything would be wonderful. I expected that you'd meet my needs and that my bills would be paid. I expect you to open doors for me, God, and give me favor and blessing. How come they got the promotion? And God asked Jonah this really important question. And I want to ask you the same question this morning. Jonah Shaking his fist at heaven, angry at God. And God just said to this, you got to say it in the King James to understand it the way God really meant it. Doest thou well to be angry? Doest thou well to be angry? Does your anger serve you well? You're disappointed with God. God didn't come through the way you think, and you're tempted to believe that God is not fair. That God is doing things for everybody else, but somehow leaving you out. And disappointment can be like a, like a blow to the stomach. It just takes your breath away. And you feel it. The emotion comes to us. Maybe some disappointments aren't that forceful, but they impact nonetheless. And these petty disappointments begin to accumulate until finally we are just really, really disillusioned. There's a New Testament example of this. There were three siblings in the New Testament. We can read about this in the book of John. We see Martha, Mary, and what was their brother's name? All right, say it with conviction. Thank you. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. Now, this was Martha who served in the kitchen. She served Jesus. This was Martha who made these amazing meals, and she was always housekeeping and serving Jesus and making sure everything was perfect. This was Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus and even poured perfume and wept and, and was allowed to be with the other students sitting at the feet of the rabbi. This was Mary who loved Jesus. And Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, we understand Lazarus was probably their, their caretaker. They had no husbands, and so he was very valuable to them because their whole livelihood depended on him. But it was also their brother who they loved. And they opened their home to Jesus all the time. Jesus was in and using their home throughout his time on earth in his ministry. And Lazarus got sick. And so when Lazarus took sick, what happened is they, they sent word to Jesus right away. Oh, Jesus was about a two-day distance from them. They sent word right away, Jesus, the one that you love is sick. You know how you pray that way. You don't just say Lazarus is sick. He's the one you love. You know, just butter him up a little bit. He's sick, Lord. Come quickly. They made a request. 
And Jesus, he does something very confusing. He doesn't come. In fact, he delays. He stays two days longer where he was. He stayed right there. He didn't answer their prayer. He didn't answer their request. And their brother Lazarus died. And in that moment, in that moment, Martha and Mary became very disillusioned and very disappointed with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Can you feel that? Can you insert yourself in that story just for a moment and feel that? To the fact that when Jesus finally did show up in town, Martha ran out to him, but Mary wouldn't go. She just sat in the chair. And she was just in depression. She just was despondent. She wouldn't go. And Martha came to Jesus and she said, if only you would have been here. None of this would have happened. Have you ever prayed that way before? If only you would have done this, Jesus. If only you would answer this prayer, I wouldn't be here. The master said, where's Mary? Mary finally came. And the first thing she said is, if only you would have been here, Jesus, this wouldn't have happened. If only I'm disappointed in you. Things didn't go my way. And see, what the sisters didn't understand is that Jesus was late for a healing, but he was right on time for a resurrection. Amen? Amen. When we're disappointed with him, we don't know the rest of the story, and we have these unmet expectations Where are you, God? I don't get you. It's not fair. Why won't you answer my prayer? Why are you blessing him and ignoring me? Where are you? Doest thou well to be angry? King James Version of Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I have an unmet expectation because I don't understand the thoughts and the mind of God. Uh, In the movie Bruce Almighty, I don't know if anybody has seen the movie Bruce Almighty. I think it's a hilarious movie. Jim Carrey is the star of that movie, and he plays a character named Bruce Nolan. And Bruce is really mad at God. The, the movie is about him being so frustrated with God that God finally says, okay, well, you run the world then. <laughs> you think you can do it better. And so uh, Bruce is just fussing, and he's angry, and he's spouting off, and he says this in the movie. Bruce says, God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to. But he would rather burn off my feelers and watch me squirm. Some of us have that same thought. He he could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to. But he won't. And I'm confused and I'm disappointed. If only, if only. If only. Are you haunted by the if only, the regrets of the past, the if only, would have, should have, could have? Disappointment. Disappointment lingers in our heart long enough, it kind of moves into doubt. 
the seeds of doubt. If disappointment comes from unmet expectation, then doubt comes from uncertain faith. I I thought I could trust you, but now I'm not sure. And this is the attack against you that asks the question, do you even care? Do you even care? Another example in the New Testament of the Bible, John the Baptist, actually the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist knew that Jesus was the Messiah. When John was emotionally speaking on the top of the mountain and and Jesus had come and, and finally fulfilled his prophecies of saying, get ready, everybody, get ready, Messiah's coming. Get ready. He's going to be powerful. He's going to come with fire. I'm not even worthy to latch his sandals. He's going to be so amazing. In fact, one time when John the Baptist was preaching, Jesus did show up and, and he turned the attention of everybody from him to Jesus. And he said, look, Pastor Julian was here. He said, look, y'all, your boy here saying, look at Jesus instead. The one who takes away the sins of the world. Look. Look at Jesus. John was so thrilled that Jesus had finally come. And yet, just a few chapters later, we find that John the Baptist is in prison. And he's in prison because Herod's wife wants his head on a platter. And in truth, on the morrow, his head will indeed be on a platter. If he doesn't get rescued, his disciples come to talk to him. They're talking through the bars and John says, you guys, where's Jesus? I don't, I don't, where is he? And they go, oh man, John, it's awesome. You can't, you can't believe what's going on. I wish you could. I know you can't because you know, you're in jail and everything, but Jesus is opening the eyes of the blind and, um, and, and yeah, there was this dude, he was totally dead and Jesus raised it. Wish you could see it. It's so amazing. I don't, you can't because you're. You're in prison and everything, but it's cool out here. This guy, he couldn't walk. He couldn't hear. Jesus healed them all. And John says, will you guys ask Jesus something for me? And they say, yeah, what is it? He goes, will you ask them, ask Jesus, are you the one? Or should I be looking for another? Doubt. Are you the one? Hello, do you care? Are you going to fix this for me? Do you see that I'm hurting here? Is this Christianity really going to work? Or should I just look for another way? Is Jesus really real or should I just say, forget it? I'm going to do my own thing. Are you the one? You know, the disciples did get to Jesus and they said, Jesus, John wants to know if you're the one. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one? Or... Should he be looking for another? And Jesus says this, it's curious. Go back and tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame are walking, and blessed are those who are not offended because of me. I'm going to do what I have to do. So guard your heart. Because I don't want you to fall away because of the way I choose to do things. He's the potter, we're the clay. He's the creator, 
we're the created. He's God, and we're not. Doubt. When doubt gets in our heart and it's there long enough, it begins to turn into this cynical thought. You don't want to admit it. You don't want to say it. You don't want to let anybody know, I- I'm angry with God, but your, your worship is a little more quiet. Your prayers start to get silent. And if you could hear God speaking to you like he speaks to Jonah, you might hear him say, Child, doest thou well to be angry? Come back to me. Talk to me. I see you're angry. I see you're disappointed. I see you're frustrated. But when we don't do that, it turns into bitterness. Turns into bitterness. And a bitter root grows up. The Bible says in Hebrews that when a bitter root grows up, it grows up, it hurts you and defiles many. It doesn't take much to find a bitter person, does it? You can smell that. I mean, you can see them coming miles away. A bitter person, can't you? Angry, crusted over, bitter don't understand unconditional love, don't understand God's mercy and grace, not not understanding that, you know what, I don't need to point out somebody else's flaws when I'm a flawed individual myself, learning to walk in grace, bitterness. Here's the sad thing about Jonah. The last words we ever read of Jonah are these, yes, I have a right to be angry, And I just want to die. And that's it. We We don't read about Jonah again. We see him referred to in the New Testament, but Jonah himself never speaks another word. That is a sad commentary, my friends, on someone's life. Someone who knew God, someone who served God, but because of disappointment, because of anger with God, because of life situations and circumstances that we don't understand, They fall away and die angry. As a pastor, I've seen people who will lay on their deathbed knowing, and you want them to accept Christ as their Savior. And the last thing that they'll say is, there is no God. Take their last breath cursing God. Wow. May it never be said of us, don't waste one more day of your life. Being angry. Doest thou well to be angry? You got the short stick? Join the club. (laughs) You know, I hate to diss on you, but you don't have a corner on the market on pain. We all been through some pain. What you gonna do with it? Gonna live in pity? Gonna nurse the wound? Sometimes God allows adversity just to uh, get us to our knees that will cry out his name so that he can get us back on the path of the real plan that he has for our life. I just got to say this because I feel the anointing right now. Stop rehearsing the wound, somebody. Stop it. There's enough healing in Jesus Christ to set you free and give you brand new life. 
You're thinking in, in your disappointment and in your anger towards God and in your bitterness, you feel like you just, you just been buried and you're in this deep, dark place. It, it, it is just tight and you're dying and you're angry and you're about ready to explode. And what you don't understand is that you have not been buried. You've been planted. You've been planted. And there's a difference. Because when you're planted, that means you're about to grow brand new. Who am I preaching to this morning? Something brand new. That little seed in the ground going, I'm all alone. Nobody's ever experienced what I'm experiencing. I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not dissing on you. I get pain. Been there, done that. Have 17 t-shirts. I'm all by myself. It's dark in here. Nobody calls me. Nobody noticed I was gone. I'm all alone. I'm the only one. And, and what's worse is that I feel like I'm breaking all apart. And something, oh, something's breaking open. And, and I'm making this up as I go. Can you tell? <laughs> what? I don't, what's that? Looks like a, a shoot. Oh, shoot. I'm coming up. I'm being resurrected. I went down as a dead, dry seed. And I'm coming back up alive in Jesus. Stop rehearsing the wound. Well, that's all I have time for tonight. But I hope that that encouraged you. You know, maybe you're listening tonight and you heard a lot about yourself in that teaching You've been discouraged, you've been angry, you've been frustrated with God. I want to pray for you tonight, just right where you are. Just agree with me in prayer, if you will. Jesus, I just give you my heartache. I give you my disappointment. I give you my unmet expectation. And I ask you, God, that you would just cleanse me and set me free from bitterness and anger. Lord, I know you can be trusted. I choose to believe the goodness of your character I know you are a faithful and good God and that you doeth all things well. And if it's not well yet, then God, it just means you're not finished. Help me to believe that and trust that in Jesus' name. It's been great to be with you again tonight. I hope you'll stop by my website, dawnscottdamon.com. And be prepared, we're going to have some really cool changes coming. And my Facebook page, dawnscottdamon.com, the same thing on Facebook. I'm going to have a weekly devotional and blog and podcast for you, some freebies and some gifts to give away. I also want to take a moment and tell you about an upcoming conference that we have this November, the Freedom Girls Sisterhood Conference. It's a day just to come apart, be changed by the presence of God, enjoy laughter and fun, food and freedom with other sisters in the network, and just to enjoy a day away to grow in God and to see your dreams realized. We will laugh, we will cry, we're going to have a great time, and I hope that you will be a part of it. 
I want to see you there. All right, sisters, this is your freedom coach saying, be strong, live smart, stay free. Why? Because it's freedom time. God bless you.